This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast all things pop culture. Here I am, on my own again for the third straight week is the Fuhrer host of Franchise. Biko is currently, couldn't make it today again. <laughs> he was on a trip last week, so he's kind of got that jet lag feeling, so yeah, I'm letting him rest again. So this is my third week on a row, on my own again. And you're thinking, oh, we're going to talk about anime again? Um, a little bit of it, a little bit of what I'm doing right now, but I do want to get some new stuff on there. Um, I do want to discuss, uh, I do want to discuss pretty much, um, well, Squid Game, because that's the thing that's been like, you know, memes and people keep talking about it. So many stories branched off from the show itself. I mean, it came out back in September, but I kind of came late to the hype um i just started seeing it because there's a lot of people with the memes of it and everything and the outfits and everything i'm like oh what is this and they're like oh it's on netflix i'm like holy shit squid game i'm like okay never heard of it before so i do want to talk about that as well but looks like um look from up news now if you watch professional wrestling um hopefully you guys get a chance to see um the rampage buy-in on friday and, of course, Rampage. Um, the biggest highlight from Rampage on Friday uh, by him was the Minoru Suzuki and Brian Danielson match, which, to me, was, oh, my God, 20 minutes, almost 20 minutes. Both men went 20 minutes, and it was a hard-hitting fast, like, lots of spots. Back and forth, back and forth, like, the crowd was so into it. It was amazing. This is, like, pro wrestling back in the day. And it's, like, that's why I've been leaning more towards AEW. If I want to make it official on the podcast... I am all elite. I am. I'm sorry, WWE. I'll probably keep you just for archive footage because AEW is pretty much, you know, taking it to the next level. You guys are so far behind. I hate to say it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not describing the talent. It's just how your characters are being handled. AEW is basically, you know, pro wrestling, professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, professional wrestling. Diamond last night was amazing as well. Brian Danielson by Fish closed it out. The show, and it was, they had a great match as well. CM Punk did commentary. You know, that's good seeing him doing not only just wrestling, but, you know, doing commentary, doing a lot of things, trying to get himself involved, you know. He doesn't have to wrestle on every single show, so it's like no rush, you know. And, of course, they're doing these shows for the next week's on Friday, on Saturdays, because, of course, hockey is back on TNT. Hockey's back, and it's on TNT on Wednesday, so... So this weekend, this weekend, and next weekend will be both, you know, Friday, Saturday night dynamites, and of course full gear. Can't wait to find out the brackets for the the AEW World Title Elimination bracket. So I can't wait to see that. The matches will start next week. So we'll talk about that more later on once the brackets start. But I wanted to do a little bit of pro wrestling, but definitely check out AEW. Um, basically, watch you guys check it out. I will say, if you enjoy professional wrestling back in the day, great fan of Independence, Ring of Honor, Impact, Major League Wrestling, definitely check out AEW. But if you kids, you can have them watch WWE. All right, all right, and of course, uh, PlayStation finally decided to do something about the whole getting, you know, trying to secure PS Five. They decided to do a registration system where you have to sign up, but you must have a PSN account to sign up to get. 
like a notification when you can buy a PS5 for the holiday season. I myself signed up for it because so far the past year and a half, I have never came close to getting a PS5. It's always been bots or people like secondhand or people that want to sell it, you know, the price hackers and all that stuff. So I would say at least Sony's doing something on their end and just try to get everyone at least get an opportunity to buy a PS5. So I already pre-registered, -register, so hopefully I do get that magical email. That happens, but we'll have to wait and see. Of course, um, Nintendo announced we got more information about the expansion. So basically, in regards to what's going on with the whole, they're expanding the Switch Online with the Game Pass. Um, basically, if you want to get, let me pull it up here. Because I, I got a Nintendo Switch Online subscription, but to the game, let me look up the expansion price because they did announce what the price was going to be because they did say what the price was going to be. Let's see, Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack price. So basically, it's going to launch on the 25th, um, and... If you are paying the $20 for just a regular one year to get the expansion, it's going to about $30 more. So you're looking at about $50 a year. But you get access to Nintendo 64 games and also Sega Genesis games and Switch Online, plus an expansion pack for Animal Crossing as well. That's also included with the subscription. So that means, like I said, you have to pay double. So basically like 50 bucks. If you compare it to like Xbox and PlayStation. This PlayStation is like $60. I think Xbox is around the same price as well. I mean, if you're a big fan of Nintendo and you like the N64 and you get access to Sega Genesis, I mean, actually $30 to get access to that. I mean, it's still going to be offering, it's still offering the regular $20, but if you want to get access to more games, yeah, it'd be easy to shell out the extra $30. So, take advantage of that. It's up to you guys. Uh, one thing I want to mention, one thing I saw here, <laughs> sorry guys, I made a deal with allergies, freaking fall weather stuff, weather's changing, so if I do sell a little congestion, yeah, I've been dealing with allergies, <laughs> so I do sell a little congested, but I'm I'm fine through, I'm going to at least get an hour with you guys today. <laughs> and then of course, The Last of Us, the show that's going to be on HBO, they, I guess some screenshots were showed of the three characters, Joel, Ellie, and Tess. Um, there are some filming. They are working on it right now. And we'll see how that comes out as well. But there's one thing I did see that I want to talk about more before we dive deep into Squid Game. Let's see here. Uh... Oh, I did forget to mention that if you live in Illinois, Wizard World is happening right now at the Donald E. Stephen Convention Center. I'm not sponsored by them, but right now the convention is this weekend. If you got a chance to go this weekend, hope you guys enjoy it. I unfortunately couldn't because of work, and I had other commitments I had to do. I had to pick up, I had to go with my mom to pick up my dad from the airport late last night. So yeah, I'm a little exhausted, I'm dealing with allergies, dealing with seasonal allergies. So a lot of shit, guys. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so I didn't get a chance to go this year. So hopefully you guys take advantage of the, the go this weekend of Wizard World before they go through a rebranding. 
And then, of course, we got C2E2 coming up in December, which I'm still, like, question mark right now. I haven't been to a convention in the winter. I don't know how the weather's going to be. And I do want to dress up and cosplay, but it's like, I'm thinking about myself when it comes to, like, temperature-wise. I'm not going to leave that up in the air if I should go to C2E2, because I went last year before the pandemic. And this year, they decided to make it in December, so I'm still, still debating. So, maybe to see here. Um, and I guess we had the first casualty of all the shows this week. Um, looks like, um, and we got into the show, um, why the last man got canceled by FX on Hulu. This is on comicbook.com. Article is written by Jamie Jarek, and it says here, and why the last man premiered FX on Hulu last month, there are still three episodes left to go of the first season. The show's been met with mixed reactions from the same Rotten Tomatoes with a 73 critic score and a server sound score. Clear, this is from the article. Clear, the show wasn't gaining the attention Hulu had hoped for because showrunner Lizzie Clutch took Twitter break news that the series had been canceled by the streaming site. And this is what the showrunner says. I'll read her statement from Twitter. We have learned that we will not be moving. We will not be moving forward with FX on Hulu for season two of Why the Last Man. I have never in my life have I been more committed to a story. There's so much more left to tell. Why the Last Man was about gender and how oppressed the systems like for identity. We had a gender-diverse gender team of brilliant artists led by women at almost every corner of production, producers, writers, directors, cinematographers, production design, costume design, stunt coordination, and more. It is the most collaborative, creative, fulfilling, and beautiful thing I have ever been a part of. We don't want it to end. <laughs> so, it's crazy. It's based on a comic book. And... It sucks that I guess um, I didn't get you to see it, but since the next episode is expected to drop on Hulu October 18th, so I guess they're just gonna let it, the series run its course. I don't know if they're gonna change the last episode or how they're gonna wrap it up, but unfortunately, that's how it goes. So the first schedule for a streaming service. <laughs> so if you check out, check read the comic book. Why the last man? Alright, that's one thing I just saw. Let me see whatever headlines is at comicbook.com. Like I said, this is where usually I get my news sources. Is usually what's like trending on Twitter, what's trending on articles. Let's see here. Oh, shoot. This is something interesting. It's trending right now. It's like the number two trending article. May Richard star Katie Seagal hit by car. Oh, shit. Article written by Aaron Heron from comicbook.com. Here's what the article says. Uh, Mary Richards actress Katie Seagal was hit by a car while crossing the street in Los Angeles. The incident was provided to TMZ today and the ambulance was on hand to transport to hospital and injuries. Lucky for Seagal, they don't seem to be life-threatening, but it's still a scary situation. Of course, they get that she should be released before the weekend is over. So the driver in question has actually stopped his sister after the accident. The last time they heard relief it wasn't anything serious. Um, looks like she's recovering. Hopefully, he get well soon. And looks like she's been playing a character on the Connors recently. Because, of course, the Connors are there Roseanne and stuff. So she's playing, I guess, an old flame of Dan's, like an ex of Dan's. Before he met Roseanne, and I guess they're starting to rekindle, like, their old spark. And I've seen her on Sons of Anarchy. Of course, she's Leela from Futurama. Of course, Peg from Man with Children. Great actress. A wonderful actress. Wonderful actress. She plays these endearing characters, like these supporting mothers supporting wife characters or like wife characters but seeing her different programming is really great so and I love her as Leela 
of Futurama, so definitely check her out on there. So I'm glad that she's doing okay. It's not serious, but, you know, I wish for a speedy recovery, and hopefully that driver apparently actually stopped and helped her out. That's going to hit him and her part, but we have to wait and see what the consequences are going to be. So I'm glad that she's doing well, she's recovering, and like I said, it's like, people can't drive these days. I'm sorry, I'm, I have to say it out, because I've been driving... I mean, like, people are getting worse and worse. Even though now the pandemic and stuff, it's like, people still can't drive. What the heck? You know, people can't drive. They can't drive means you go to driving school, but you still can't drive because you're so... Can't wear your phone. That's why when I drive, my phone is down. I don't pick it up for anything. I already have my playlist set up. I know I'm going to listen to it. Usually I have it on podcast set up. And I'm not going to search for anything. I don't care if I get a phone call when I'm driving. I'm not going to pick up the phone. i got to pay attention to what I'm doing. Because people, you need to step, keep your eyes away from the devices. Focus more on the road. Because, yeah, you could be a safe driver. But it doesn't mean the people in the other cars are going to be safe as well. That's why you gotta, That's why you got to follow the Smith system. And, the, you know, look 15 seconds ahead of you. You know, drink, think big. You know, you got to, you know, look ahead in the horizon, you know. Keep checking your mirrors every five to six to eight seconds. Look constantly. Maintain your speed. Get away from a traffic cluster. You know, give yourself enough space from the driver in front of you. Don't tailgate. Don't get too close because if something happens, at least you have ample time to react and move to the side of the road. But if you need to take a phone call, it's an emergency. Pull over. Pull into a parking lot. Come on, guys. We're all in neighborhoods. Parking up. Pull over and park in the parking lot and take your phone call. Drive safe. Drive safe. Watch out for pedestrians. Because obviously she'll probably cross your pedestrian way. You know, drive wasn't paying attention. And this happens. So definitely need to watch how you're driving. Okay. And then I'm watching right now. You are the rise of the Yolokai clan. I got the captions on. So watch that as well. I to pay attention to that as well. I'd say I'm constantly watching anime, guys. Um, one thing I did see here regarding anime... Um, classroom with Elite to drop. Big announcement soon. Are we remember Megan Peters? This is her Classroom with Elite has been quite a few years now, but anime fans haven't forgot about the series. I actually like the anime. I'm probably going to rewatch it because I think I watched the sub, but i never seen the dub of it. I'm going to make sure that's the dub. I believe. I, there's a manga version of it, but I've been starting to read. Um, quite a few years now, but anime fans have forgot about the series. Dresses went live in 2017 to saw reviews, and Shoko can you... Kinugasa continued with the writing light now until it closed back in September 2019. Since then, Classroom Lee has been keeping low, but it won't stay that way. A new report promises updates coming if fans are here to learn what's up. So, hopefully, they are doing a sequel. Maybe they're going to do more of the anime. Hopefully, they keep continuing the story. I am reading the manga version of it and I am enjoying it. So, that context what the anime offers, and it's really interesting. Definitely read that. Um, Classroom Elite's basically about, you know, these kids go to this school where they got room and board. They have, like, shops and stuff like the top school. And you're put in these classrooms ranking by, you know, ranks. And you basically you get an allowance. But that allowance is based on your scholastic merit. And this guy, it follows this one character who, you know, honestly, I don't know where he comes from, but he's going to school for the first time and... You know, he's just trying to go with the flow. And he sees this girl who's like, you know, pretty much arrogant, to say the least, at first. But they start working together. 
and they try to help the rest of the class move up in ranking, basically, so they can get, you know, compete for, like, the top class, basically, in the school. And like I said, they get guaranteed jobs. You can pretty much do whatever you want at the school, but mostly, like, your allowance and stuff is based on your academic, you know, merits, your contributions. So, definitely check it out. Classroom Lee, I believe it's just streaming dub on Funimation and streaming sub on Crunchyroll. Definitely check that out and read the light novel and also check out the manga version, which I am reading. Of course, One Piece's anime is coming close to 1,000 episode. I have started reading the manga on One Piece. I'm trying to make my attempt right now. I've been, you know, trying to focus on one manga right now. Because I'm trying to do the undaunting task of reading all the chapters of One Piece up to this latest chapter. Because I started One Piece's anime only watch. And I'm like pretty caught up with the anime. I'm like five episodes behind or four episodes behind now. Three episodes, and then they're announcing the 1,000 episode of the anime. But I wanted to go back and read the manga, you know, see if there's anything I missed that they didn't cover in the anime, and just to get a nostalgia feeling of reading these chapters of Luffy and his friends. And so I decided to do that, but we'll go back to watching the anime again to catch up to the one arc. So I'm trying to read the anime One Piece, the manga itself, all the way up to the most recent chapter. I mean, 1,000 chapters, I can't wait. For that as well. And the only thing I want to mention too. Um, I ended up seeing the teaser trailer for Cowboy Bebop. That did actually attribute to the opening. Which did a phenomenal job. Of course the big question is. Is Ed going to make an appearance on the season? They have been kept quite lit. I wouldn't be surprised if Ed doesn't make her appearance. Until the last episode of the first season of Cowboy Bebop. And I can see there's a lot of characters they adapted to live action. They took like the, be- the best plots of the anime. And made live action versions. They got like the Mad Pro character. They got the mother with that organization. And they got the couple. They're saving that drug. I mean they got. And then of course you know. Spike with his demons. They're like I can't wait. And I love the costumes. They did a great job. It's like. It's hard to translate anime into live action. But to me this looks really good. John Cho as Spike. I couldn't imagine anyone else playing him. So it looks really good. It's a really good diverse cast. And I can't wait when it comes out later next month. So definitely. Can't wait for that. Um, any other anime news? I want to touch base on. Let's see anything big from Anime News Network. So the manga's taking another break again, looks like. Another one issue break. Um, I've been keeping up with My Hero Academia on the manga as well. Oh yeah, let's see, Sondaland Saga just got announced they are doing a movie project. I wonder if this is going to be a good, like a sequel to the anime or side story. I mean, I'm not much for idol animes. I might try giving idol animes a chance to watch, but this was the one I actually watched because it was interesting because it's idols, but they're zombies. And I like the first season. I love the second season. They're both originals. And they just recently announced that they are doing a film. Let me pull up the here from Anime News Network. <laughs> They had, I would say they had a event for Samurai Saga on the today, and it says here, uh, Avex Pictures began streaming announcement video on Sunday for the film. It's getting a film project. Avex Pictures began streaming an action uh, announcement video on Sunday for the film. The live action promo video is titled "Assignment Less Fight Zaga Revenge Edition." The video features actors Hakuryu and Kuno Murai, who are both from Saga Prefecture. The video features them arguing over the prefecture. Hayaku voiced the character White View in Zamalian Saga anime, Revenge anime. 
So they are going to do anime um, video projects. So I can't wait for that. Um, the idea has a stage play. And it looks like they um, did a manga. But it's, it's an original anime. You can check it out on Crunchyroll or Funimation. Because with Funimation, when they do the... They actually had the English actor, actresses. When they do the English dub, they actually do the songs in English as well. So definitely check that out as well. Um, some of the Saga and some of the Saga Revenge. Right, 20 minutes in. Let's spend the last 30 minutes, last 40 minutes, talking about Squid Game. But let's do anything else I see here that pretty much they want to talk about here. No, that's it. Okay. Like I said, manga-wise, One Piece right now. I'm pretty much caught up on Black Clover, caught up on Eden Zero. I got this cool uh, manga reading app. It's really great. And we can catch up on a lot of mangas. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of went back on the whole print manga but digital manga is pretty accessible and it protects the mangas i have at home but doesn't mean i won't go back to paper i will go back to paper but for right now i'm doing manga digitally it's still the same thing you're still reading you're still supporting the artist so like i said i'm attempting to do one piece so let's do that um i did um make an announcement i did get my ticket i did reserve my ticket for my hero academia World Heroes Mission, that's supposed to be in theaters for a limited time and at the end of this month. I ended up getting a ticket to the 29th English dub premiere, so that way I could pay attention to the animation. Because I like the dub and sub of My Hero Academia. They work either way, so I ended up getting the English dub one, so I can't wait to see that. Be the third, first movie I ever go to the theater for since the pandemic. The last movie I went to go see in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog. was the last movie I saw before the pandemic, so... It's the first time I'm actually going to step into a movie theater in over a year and a half. So I can't wait for that. Holy shit, that just happened right now. You're, like I said, I'm watching your own uh, Rise of the Yurikai Clan. I got the subtitles. I'm like looking at the animation. I'm like, holy shit. What's going on? Holy cow. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Let's get down to the degree. Oh, and before I jump into Squid Game, I do mention that I'm at the... If you do follow me on Twitch, I am finishing up on Fairy Tale for PS4. I got a bunch of games. I got a couple of games that I got in my library that I want to get into. I will go back to Legend of Heroes, um, Trails of Cold Steel 4. I might go back into that to finish that up. And then get back into Atelier Ryza. I've been like jumping back and forth and doing for Persona 5 Strikers as well. But I want to mention if you guys have not checked me out on Twitch, I do JRPG playthroughs. On Twitch at twitch.tv slash franchise 685. I do have a do that as well. I do a lot of JRPGs or regular role playing games. If you guys have any suggestions of any games that should check out role playing wise, may, I might get into Apex. I'm not sure. I need to find people to join me on Apex. So if you want to help me out, um, my PSN handle is franchise 85. If you want to help me out on Apex and be part of my team and show me the ropes, Hey, I'll give it a try. I I know it's a good play game. It's free to play. You get bonuses, but yeah, I might get into it. We'll wait and see. Um, and also too, I just I am coming out with new shirt designs for for the store. So you check out the merchandise slash talk and pop. We got shirts on there with the new logo for the podcast, and we got Beagle shirts and franchise shirts. I mean, you want it's called Five Tries of Love's Anime. It's like a big heart. 
It's got my name, my nick, my name on there. It has a big heart. It has anime in the bomb. So because I love anime, so that shirt will be up soon. That design will be up soon on the store itself. I will. If you guys have any ideas for other designs that I should make, just let me know on Twitter at Pop Talking. I do the shirt designs for the podcast. I use Logo Maker. That's really great shirt designer app on my phone. Really great. I also want to check thank Poddex for sponsoring our podcast as well. Great sponsor for supporting us for a year now and a half. Um, they help out. They have like things to help you just with a podcast. They have like cards where you can like if you ever get stuck, you can come up with ideas for episodes or even once for interviews or gaming wise. So definitely check them out poddex.com as well. Also, I thank Anchor for sponsoring the podcast as well because um, so far we've been on this platform. It's been really good for us. So definitely thank that. Also, I think to our international listeners as well. Support the podcast and make sure to hit that follow button on the podcast as well. Thank you so much to everybody here in the U.S. and also everyone around the world for listening to the podcast, giving us a chance, hearing our voices. Because we love pop culture. We love talking about it. All right. So now, let's get down to the degree. Bear warning. There are going to be spoilers. Because I'm going to break down each episode of Squid Game. So there are spoilers. If you've not seen Squid Game... Check out the episodes now. There's about... Let me see how many episodes were in the whole thing. There's about... Nine episodes in total. Watch all nine episodes. I suggest... That I have an English dub of it. By that, and watch it sub. There's one thing I have to talk about the sub version. But just for a warning... I am going to spoil Squid Game. So, what do you do? First watch the episode and then come back to the podcast. I'm going to start talking about it right now in 3, 2, 1. Alright, Squid Game. Here we go. Like I said, this is something that I hardly watch Netflix unless it's an original anime series that I'll watch on Netflix. Like I said, I've been watching mostly anime on Hulu. Um... Crunchyroll, High Dive, or Funimation. The only time I watch go to Netflix is when they have original animes. Or certain shows are not available on any other streaming platform. So, the reason I got into Squid Game was because I saw people posting it online. And I wanted to know what the hype was all about. There was like fan art of characters in anime wearing the suits. These track suits. From Squid Game, which I didn't know what Squid Game was. It was talking about Reddit. The series released in September, but didn't get it, it started getting its hype now. And it's kind of fitting since we're like in Halloween right now. It's like, you know, horror and gore and stuff is kind of like the big thing now. Which I'm thinking I'm going to do for anime before I get into Squid Game. I keep getting sidetracked, but I am planning to watch Yu Yu Hakusho for, you know, Halloween. So I definitely need to get that into that. And of course, me and Beak will do the whole annual Coco watching now for Day to Dead. So now, for ado, Squid Game. Basically, um, the whole premise is. Basically, the series. Pretty much, this is all information I'm taking from Wikipedia. You know, it's not the most credible source, but most convenient site. Basically, overall, it is a South Korean survival drama television series that's currently streaming on Netflix. It's written, directed by. Hopefully, don't don't shoot the messenger when I try to pronounce these names. I do apologize. It's written, directed by Wang Dong Hyuk. It stars Lee Jung Jae, Park Hee Sol, 
Wee Ha Jon, Jung Ho Yon, O Yon Su, Heo Sung Tai, Anupan Tripathi, and Kim Jo Ryon. And it was released on September 17, 2021. Hopefully, I said those names right. And it says here the whole premise is the series revolves around a contest in which 456 players. All drawn from different walks of life, but each deeply in-depth play a series of children's games with deadly penalties that they lose for a chance to win. 45.6 billion won, which is the currency in South Korea. It says here Wong actually conceived the idea based on his own economic struggles early in his life, as well as the class experience in South Korea. He got initiated in 2009. He was able to find a production company to fund the idea until Netflix took an interest in it around 2019. It's part of the drive to expand their foreign programming offerings when he wrote and directed all nine episodes himself. So far, it says here, Squid Game received critical acclaim and attracted international attention within a week of its release. It became one of Netflix's most watched programs in seven regional markets. At launch, it attracted more than 111 million viewers, surpassing Bridgerton as the network's most watched series to date. Yeah, like I said, it's one of the top ten. So when you go on Netflix, you'll see it's in the top ten. <laughs> So Squid Game is also known as Round 6. I guess that's another name for it. You know how to pronounce the name? It's um, Hangul. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. (laughs) It's an action, thriller, survival, and it's a drama. And like I said, and basically you start off with like these characters, like you get so tight with these casts. Because like it's, like I said, it's like if you watch Parasite, you know, there's a class differences, how they all get treated and stuff. You know, you got the elite, you know, the ones who made, you know, the ones who were able to go to school, get education, make smarter choices and investments and live the high life. And then you got the people like, you know, the working class who gets looked down upon. They don't live in like lavish housing and stuff. They have to deal with like elements and stuff and, you know, work to survive to get the next paycheck to paycheck. So this is kind of like almost like a... Like a test on social class and stuff, but with this is like all people. If you look at it, it's like oh man, they got random people. No, they're 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 selected. You know, they get drawn in into the point where they get into this deadly game. It feels more like an anime because it has almost like this anime esque type of story. But to see a live action, holy shit! I never seen anything so gory as it is. It was, you know, I was blown away. So let's get down with the main cast because there's like so many. You get 460 people, so it's kind of hard to keep track. But basically, as this series goes on per episode, episode, you get follow on these main. It focuses on these main members of this cast. So I'm and I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna read everything off of Wikipedia. Kind of tells you what each of these characters are. It has a brief synopsis of who they are. So first one is um the main character who are pretty much I. Followed throughout the whole series. Um, Seong Gihon. Seong Gihon. Number, player number 456. He's a chauffeur and a gambling addict. He lives with his mother and struggles to support his daughter financially. Of course, he ends up participating in the game to settle his many debts. To prove himself to be financially stable. To get the custody of his daughter before she leaves to the U.S. With her mother, Sephar. When I saw this guy, I'm like, holy shit. Look, he borrowed money from his mom. His mom is barely surviving. She's hurt. She's she's got apparently she's you know got diabetes. And she's suffering to the consequences of the force that's affecting her feet. And he borrows so much money from like Depco, like from like basically like almost like the mob and stuff. It's like and he's betting on horse racing. He thinks he's these things are a sure thing. Is I'm losing a lot of money. 
And to the point, he owes money, gets his ass kicked, but, you know, he tries his best to support his daughter and stuff, you know, and he's got this bad relationship with his ex. He tries his best to survive, and and I feel for him because he loves it. You can tell he loves his daughter, but he's ashamed as how I think he feels his daughter's kind of, you know, he's embarrassed for his daughter because it's like his daughter's like, you know, I want to pretend with you, but it's like you got to, you know, clean your act up and... And, of course, stop gambling, stop drinking, you know, he gets into fights. It's like, yeah, and you're taking advantage of your mother. It's like you're taking advantage of your mom. Like, you borrow money against the bank. You owe money to the bank. You owe money to collectors. You're gambling there. You're trying to make ends meet. Like, he used to work at a factory or something, too, as well. It was interesting. Like I said, I fell for him. So we'll talk about more him as we go on to each episode. So, like I said, I'm going to go through each of these characters. Next um, character we have is um, Chol Sang-woo. He is um, player number 218. He's the head of the investment team at a securities company. He's a junior to Gihon and was a gifted student who studied at Seoul National University. But now he is wanted by the police for stealing money from his clients. He was under water billion one in debt. He mortgaged off his mother's place. And his mom, as you can see, she runs like a shop. And she says, oh, I'm proud of my son because, she went to, because he went to school. And, of course, he's embarrassed. He's being, you know, for embezzlement and stuff, and he's on the run. He keeps telling his mom that he's on a business trip, so he tries to avoid seeing his mom because he's embarrassed to see how he has become because he doesn't want to let his mom down. But eventually, I'll get into the details of what happens and how she finds out about him. Um, next person is uh, Wee Ha Jun, oh, Huang. Oh, that's the actor. Um, Huang Jun Ho. He is a police officer who sneaks in the game as a guard to find his missing brother. So he's like a police officer who somehow runs into um, Song and then tries to help him out. And then he ends up portraying the organization and is in charge of these games because he's trying to find his brother who disappeared, who got involved in this game, who hasn't been to his apartment since. Then you got Kang, Kang Saya Biok. Uh, she's player number 67. She's a North Korean defector who enters the game to pay for a broker to find and retrieve her surviving family members who are still across the border. She wants to live in a house with her younger brother and mother. It looks like her dad died. So she's trying to survive as well. And she's in North Korea. Of course, they try to escape North Korea for a better life in South Korea. And of course, her brother right now is living in like an, uh, like an orphanage, I think, for right now. While she's trying to work and get money saved up and pay for a broker to find her, her, her mom, basically. So they all live together. Um, then we got Oh Inam. He's an elderly man. He's number zero one. The only man with a brain tumor first playing a game as opposed to wanting to die in the outside world. Oh my god, the old man, dude! How you not love this old man? You're so sympathetic with this old man, but we'll get to to why, why how my views on him change afterwards. But kind of respected as I go on each episode. But I just like I said, I'm just gonna read all the name the, the the main names. <laughs> He's a great actor. I mean, whoever played that old man, we played the actor, man, phenomenal. And then you got Zhang Duxu, played number one on one, a gangster, enters the game and sells massive gambling debts. Like, like I said, it's people that owe money or people that, you know, had nothing left for them to do. They're just trying to survive. Um, then you have um, Abdul Ali, a foreign worker for Pakistan who enters the game to provide for his young family after his employer refuses to pay him for months. So. Forgive off for like a Pakistan talking Korean was actually not bad. Good ever. I love the actor and he's working hard. He's number 199. Then you got Han Mi Nyo, 
Um, number 212, a mysterious and manipulative woman who claims to be a poor single mother. So those are like the main cast. Then you do have some other um, supporting characters as well. You got um, Yoki. Number 101 is a doctor who secretly works with a group of corrupt guards to traffic the organs and the dead participants in exchange for information in upcoming games. And then you got Ji Yong, two, number 240, a young woman who was just released from prison after killing her abusive father. They got Kim Siu Hee. They got player 244 pastor who rediscovers his faith during the game. Another actor plays uh, player 17. Eventually, we don't get their names. They're just player numbers. Glassmaker makes more than 30 years experience. Number player number 69. Player who joins the game with his wife. Player number 70. They're basically, they own a store, but they own a lot of money. And you got player 278. Player joined Duxu's group and acts as his henchman. And player 266, player joins Song Gyok's group in a tug of war round. And then you get like you know, the, the wife of Gihon, his mother. And then you got Seon Gangho's daughter, his ex wife. Song Wu's, you know, mom is in there. Kang Chios and Seon Gyok's younger brother. So here we go. So, like I said, it's a really interesting series. It's something out of the ordinary. I never watched Korean dramas. I got into Parasite because, you know, won the Oscars and it was a great film. And this was interesting. I seen Train to Busan. Train to Busan's a great, amazing film. And I decided to watch this because, like I said, it was the hype. So, let's get started with the first episode. First episode is um, Red Light, Green Light. And what I like about this episode opens up with pretty much an explanation about what Squid Game is all about. There's a children's game. It sets up in the playground. And you talk about it briefly. What the whole purpose of that game is. It's a children's game. The one thing I had to complain. I watched it in Korean. You know watching the original language. The subtitles. The one thing I had my complaint about is. Netflix needs to catch up on subtitles. Because there's some instances where the subtitles couldn't keep up to the dialogue of the characters. So it got to the point where they, I don't know if they had a hard time translating. I mean, they do a good job with the anime subs. But it's like, it's like they couldn't like catch up, you know. They couldn't catch up pretty much to like what is going on. It's like, there's some times where there's dialogues. It's like, where's the subtitle? Where's the translation? But either way, I followed along because I kind of figured by the tone of the voice of the characters. I just follow like was the screen and catch up as soon as the setup does catch up. But that was my complaint about it so far with this when it comes to them translating. But overall I enjoyed it. You know, the episodes are like an hour, almost fifty minutes, fifty-five minutes, but basically it shows, you know, the introduction to the character. Pretty much it this episode's more follows like Sion Gyun, pretty much. And of course, you know, he has problems with loan sharks. Um he bets on horse racing. Pretty much his daughter's been estranged from him and he tries his best. Uh, his daughter's birthday's coming up. He needs to buy her present and all that stuff. <laughs> he ends up like betting money at a racetrack. He ends up winning. And he finally gets the money to pay him off. He bets. Good, luckily he bets on his horse race and pretty much, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, he gets. He runs to this girl who's Kane and he ends up losing the money. Gets his ass kicked to the point where he has to sign off. If he doesn't pay in a certain time, he has to give one of his kidneys. I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, he disappoints his daughter. Then when cross the train station, he ends up coming across this guy who the a dress suit, like, freaking nice-ass suit. Plays a game of Dakichi, which is pretty much where you, like, this folded piece of paper. You try to have it flipped over. So you try to 
you take one folded piece of paper and there's one on the ground. You try to make that other, you hit the paper to try to make the other thing flip over. And, the, and since the dude didn't have money, he wagered a slap. But if he beat that dude, the well-dressed guy, he would get money, but also something else. So they keep playing so many times to the point where, where pretty much he beats him eventually. Seong beats him and then he gets his car with a phone number. He calls it. He gets uh, knocked out. Take it to a mission creation where all these 450 players are. They're like in this dormitory, like military barracks. And pretty much, you know, they, these guys in these, and they're all wearing tracksuits with player designation numbers. They got all the information about them. Pretty much they know everything, why they're there. You know, all the problems they have with the law, money they own. Things that did in the past. Um, he ends up, and then you get this mysterious mask guy, and you get these character, these mask people wearing um, jumpsuits with masks that have a square, triangle, or circle, like the PlayStation buttons. <laughs> they get this guy who's called a front man, dressed in black, and explains that you know all these players, all the players are participating have financial issues, and pretty much that we give them those one prize money if they win six games over six days. So Gihon, like Song, pretty much, you know, Gihon, um, pretty much, he friends his only man, player one, tells him he suffers from a brain tumor, and then he ends up recognizing that guy he went to school with, saying Wu, who he used to go to school with, who was an investment broker, and you got player six seven, the pickpocket who still gave us money, if you want a horse favorite razor. So basically, the horse game is like a red light, green light. So basically, it's like this giant creepy ass doll, and basically seeing red light, green light, in Korean, and Got her hand back, but if you turn around, she basically has motion sensors built in. So if she catches moving, boom, you're shot immediately. You get shot, basically. So it's fun freaky games. Um, like I said, it's one of these games they have to survive. And it got to the, they have a certain amount of time they got to get there. They got to cross the line. And I thought oh, so I was going to get killed in the spot. All of a sudden, he gets saved by... Player 199, Packers same form workers, able to complete the game, so they're able to survive. Move on to the next round. And then we get to episode two, which is hell. Which pretty much they lost more than half of the players. And according they have rules. Where it says according to their clause, like you play to survive. If you don't play, like you don't survive. But you have an option where they can, the third closet is that the, the players, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, says there the majority of votes in the games, all players will be sent home, but no money will be given. And pretty much after this first game, they were all freaked out. They're all packing. They said, you know what? They all voted, and players one was the deciding vote, and they all went home. Of course, you know, went to the police. Let's tell them what's going on. Of course, they don't believe them, but the detective, Wong Ji Hong, finds out. Who believes him because his brother got the same invitation and he participated in games. He wants to help him out. So all the players got get a chance to call back. So because he has monitor who's diabetic, she's having, you know, to the point that sugar's affecting her feet that she could lose her feet unless she gets this surgery. So he decides to go back to help his mom. And of course, Amu is arrested for fraud. He has a warrant out for his arrest. And Kang just has to go back because his his brothers and needs to get out of Fort orphanage. And of course, the this gangster playing one ninety nine. Owes he's in this gang, but he owes money for the boss. 
so pretty much they decide to go back. Decides to go back. And of course, Junho decides to follow Yihun as well. The detectives that follow him and and pretty much like no game happens. It's all about them going back and Junho finds a way to get infiltrate and get in there. So next episode follows the Internet Umbrella. So it follows a little bit of Junho if you're able to infiltrate the games. This guy's also one of the guards, the workers. And it's crazy how the workers are all had to follow these same times where they're cooking food for these people. They're have to go bad at a certain time. They have shifts. They're ranking. I guess the the sheeps are designated as rankings. So it gets to the point where the players start um, pretty much making an alliance. So they decide to all work together and see what they can do. So the, the next game, pretty much, um, players are seven. She finds a way to go to an air vent, and she ends up sneaking and finds these workers with melting pots of sugar. So basically, the second game they are doing is pick. Uh, they are supposed to pick a, a stamp shape of a uh, going on, which is like a probably like a sugar based rice cracker, I think. And what they have to do is using a, a pin. They had to like pretty much basically pick at the shape and make sure to get that shape out of the this honeycomb kind of cookie without it cracking or breaking. If not, you get shot. And of course, Gihon is outside. They get, they get they have a circle, a star, but he ends up picking the umbrella because these team members each pick different ones. And you not pick the umbrella, which is supposed to be the hardest one. He's having a hard time to the point where you know people find ways to cheat without getting caught. Pleasure twelve, who's a, a manipulative woman, is helping the gangster do with a lighter to try to melt the honeycomb. And then pretty much uh you know, was able to win by licking the 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 honeycomb to the point where he's able to pick it off, and luckily he was able to do it because I was a little close to like time was running out. So we got a pass, of course. You lose more players. And of course, one that scared um players gets scared, holds a guy hostage, uh, and forces up one guy to force one of the guards to amass themselves. That shows a young man, of course, the player kills himself. A senator is killed by the front man because apparently you can review the rules. If you're working, you cannot review your identity. And I, an episode ends at that. I mean, it's like the basis of the premise is like, yeah, there's a lot of story into, but basically the what gets you attention is the games. By watching the game, you understand why they're going through this. But you see their motivations. Like you see the players like patience get tested, and you see people making alliances like Survivor. Um, and you know, they're trying, you know, get to the next level. Okay. Then number four, it's called Stick to the Team. And basically, you see this doctor who honestly got, who's basically got sued for malpractice. Apparently, he's working with these other sector of guards who are pretty much trying to make money by selling the organs to the black market. And he does it like this doctor, this great doctor, is helping him out in exchange for, you know, information on what the game's going to be next. And of course, um, of course, the staff from my Discord, one players who really like ones, they still kills another player with food, results in the prize might be increased. So basically, every time a player dies, each player is like, they put a billion won on each player and it gets added to the pot. So it's like this giant pig, 
and the players that died, that money gets added to this pot. So at the end of these six days, of these six games, whoever's left gets that whole money deposited into this card. And of course, what happens is, and they get meals. It's a point of this meal, they only get like a bread and soda. And apparently these guys went twice in the line. Some players didn't get food to the point where the, uh, the game starts to kill someone a player with food results and the price might be increased. So all of a sudden they do a lights out thing where people, like there's a riot and more players are killed. Uh, players are joins Gihun's team and protected her from the Sook's gang when player one makes everyone to stop. Brent ends the riot. You want to see them exchange names and build trust. So they, this is when they start, you know, making these teams, making alliances. It's people get put to the test. And then the next game, it's tug of war where they got to pick teams. Of course, the game picks a strong team. And you're stuck with like a good, somewhat balanced team. And basically what happens is they're playing a game of tug of war. And basically they're on these top platforms and you got to pull from the other side. You think, oh, it's simple. Tug of war, right? What sucks is when you pull the other team over, a guillotine comes, cuts the rope off, and this thing pretty much all the momentum falls down, pretty much a 20 or 20 foot drop, and <laughs> it just pretty much hits Grouse Master Brains. They're dead. And then, of course, the own team struggles against another all male team and average defeat. So it gets to the point where you know, we're all trying to work together and leads into episode five, which is called a Fair World. You know, our team's kind of the weakest team. They're able to take the player one strategy, like the old man, like player one. And someone was thinking they were able to able to find a way to win their tug of war match and they were able to survive. And they think that they're anticipating that, you know, on our rise hot, so they decided to just take the the bunk beds inside the barricade, like make an area where they could barricade themselves from the other like the other group and have like take turns, you know, keeping watch and stuff. And that's when you have like these conversations where Guy talks to You know, when he talks about pretty much what happened to him, that he's, yes, there's just like standards going, many workers from cars, path, parts factory, protested a mass layoff, caused a fair truck to take his life. So he used to work that. Then, of course, you hold the detective and stuff, come across to do the hover, organ hover scene thing. And, of course, um, he, like, comes across saying, calling that doctor's there, and, of course, the doctor gets killed. And of course, the front man caught winds of it and ends up trying to search for for the detective. And then he finds out like the game it's been running for like thirty years. And then he finds out that his brother was the winner in twenty fifteen, so he won and he survived. But he's still trying to find out why he's still missing. But of course, he's hiding. Next game, next episode is called Gambu. Of course, they got the players instructed to go to the game hall, and then we just see the doctor and the coach conspirators by are strung up, and then they get an apology for you know for these people for cheating and stuff and not being fair. And the player well had an out of against any pilot and else guard the status in the outside world. So the fourth game, pretty much everyone gets paired up, and they pick partners. 
Someone ends up picking him Ali. Yi Hoon has capacity to play once, chooses him. Player 240 picks Sayo Byuk. Started working with their partner, the players are hovering learned that they were actually had to be playing against each other in a game of marbles. Whoever gets all their partner's marbles within 30 minutes will win and survive. And this is where you get like conversations between the characters that are playing this game of marbles. So they, they can play any game they want with marbles. The whole objective is um, pretty much get your partner's marbles. And of course, the winner survives, the loser dies. Then you get pretty much. You get stories about each of the characters, like Song Byuk and Player 240. They talk about their lives. Jung Yeo decides that Sae has more to live for, since she loses tomorrow, we're going to be killed. So she decides to let, you know, Sae Byuk win. So she, because she's like, feels sorry for her, but she's like, I just got out of prison, you know. Who I got, I killed my dad. Like, who else I'm going to go to? I got nobody waiting for me on the outside. And that's why she's like, you got to live for your brother. You got to live for your mom. So she ends up losing the game intentionally, and, you know, she has some killing. Getting killed. So they play these different games. Of course, the gangster dude who I wanted to get killed all the time ends up surviving. She's just playing games. And then, then of course, uh, Sang ends up checking Ali to giving his marble and wins, letting Ali be killed. He ends up betraying Ali by putting rocks in his bag until he discovers there's rocks in his bag instead of marbles. And he ends up dying. It sucks. I fell for that character. Um,. Because he ended up, he was on a run because he ended up killing the foreman. Or the foreman got stuck in a press or something at the factory because the, he claimed that the guy didn't pay him. And of course, um, you know, he's about to lose the game against player one. Of course, player one's memory is starting to go bad to the point. Player one knew that game was tricking him the whole time, but allows him to win anyways as he is his trusted friend, his Gambu. Trusted friend. Before being killed, one remembers his name only Man, Gihun, Samu, Saibuk, or traumatized with the partner. So they're all like, you know, they're all pretty much traumatized. Like, guys, you pretty much were just going, they were your team, and then eventually you had to go against your team, and it sucks. You know, getting killed. On to episode 7, VIPs. And of course, the guy who he had to beat his wife he came as a couple, and his wife ended up dying. He gets so bad and heartbroken, he ends up killing himself. He hangs himself eventually. Then you get these VIPs. Because I'm thinking, where are they going to get all this money? Apparently, they get invested by these rich snobs who pretty much get off their patrons. They support the games. They wager the games and watch them live. And they don't care. They wear all these freaking weird animal masks. which is creepy. They speak English. The only time you ever see English in the whole thing. And, you know, they gain drinks. They're using people as, like, Furniture, using women as furniture is like crazy and to the point where you um, detected and self-infiltrating becoming one of the servants and then one of those VIPs tried to proposition him sexually towards he kicks his ass and pretty much interrogates him to find out what's going on and of course the confession on the phone before he skipped down with the kit before he escapes with the island with the super kit the course front man is pursuing him in the fifth game you know the players have to uh 60 minutes across a bridge made of panels of either tempered glass or glass. So basically, like, tempered glass is like the strong-ass glass, kind of like what hockey players hit against the boards. And regular glass, of course, regular glass with, with so much weight, it's going to shatter. Before I get into it, let's take a quick break, and then when we get to it, we'll finish more episode 7. So don't go away. So don't go away. We'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, this episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Gamefighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. All right, we're back. So, getting out of seven, man, this is, to me, this is, like, Red Light Green was more creepier, but this was the most scariest games I felt that was, like, my second favorite scariest game of this series. Because you're on this bridge, you got these panels, so it's like, you don't know which one's temper, you have to figure it out, and players had to draw lots of who goes first, they had to, like, first they had to pick, like, numbers, there were, like, 16 players left, and... They had all the wordies vests, and the vests already ordered that they go in. They thought it was like, oh, the first one goes last. But no, it was the first one they go in. So, 16 minutes. So, pretty much, you have, it's basically you have to hop from that panel to panel. See which one is the gra- like the, the, the separate glass, which is going to hold your weight, and one is the glass. Of course, it's trial by error. People get impatient to the point they fall, and they, and they fall to their deaths. And they almost made it. With player 17, who, um, and to the point the gangster gets, like, to the front, and the dude doesn't want to move, to the point, and luckily they had the one dude who worked at the glass factory, so he knew exactly what sound, because he said the glass makes a sound, and of course reflecting off the light, to the point where the frontman kind of caught on, even, like, the rich styles caught on, too, because they put money Decide to shut the lights off again. That loses the advantage. Gets the point to get impatient. The glass dude's guy ends up dying. And the gangster finally dies because the woman that supposedly he had sex with and betrayed ends up, they both end up falling into the wrong glass thing and they both go down. And then, of course, Sang Woo ends up being impatient and ends up like, and pushes uh, Player 17 down because he took too long, came in the level of the last trick panel. And of course, Gihun, Sangwoo, and Sangbuk are the only three people left. So, of all the 60 people left, only three survive. It's Gihun, Sangwoo, and Sangbuk. And to the point where, even after the game was over, they ended up blowing up the rest of the bridge and glass flowers flying everywhere. And they're the last three. So, it leads to the next episode called Frontman. And of course, the three finalists, Gihun, Sangwoo, and Sai Biok, are, are given a chance of. Um, They're given a change of clothes, which is like suits, on a fancy steak dinner. So they got the, like, at least a good meal. All the meals that were given, like, you know, soda with bread or egg, a boiled egg, and something to drink. And that's all there was. They finally got a good uh, steak dinner. And a big ass triangle table, and they're all just staring at each other. Like, they get these, like, hunting knives. And Saya finds out that she's. Being a serious injury because remember at the end of the episode the bridge they blew up the front man blew up the bridge all the glass was flying she got stabbed by a flying glass and she's slowly bleeding out and I could tell like Yoon's like noticing that hey she's not feeling well she's losing blood 
And then they clear the tables. They're not eating. She hardly ate at all because she could tell she was bleeding out. She's hurt. And she doesn't have the strength to eat. So they get left for the night. And then at the light style, it says, Give us a justice to that they should ally against Sang Wu, realizing he hits a Kogo and like the win. And then Saya's knowing that she was about to die, she pretty much tells um Gihun like promise that whoever wins the game will look after the other's loved ones, like take care of the other people in their lives. So Gihun just has a good idea to kill Sang Wu because you know Sang he sees how you know, his old buddy, his old childhood friend who's got to the point of desperation and patience to the point he'll do anything to win. But he ends up falling asleep. But Sayu stops him. Tell me he's not a murderer. Sayu Biok's injuries worse than prompting us as we begin to run and call for help. Sayu Biok's killed by Sang Wu when he don't want to go away to call for staff. And then of course the crab will collect the bodies and she stopped dying. And of course, you know, the detective makes way to the island to the point where he barely has any signal. He's able to send his chief like images and information. And of course, the track down the the frontman gets to get caught wind of him. He finds out the frontman takes off his mask and his brother Inho. Inho shoots Juno on the shoulder, causing Juno to fall over a cliff and disappear into the water. So now the detective is like, I don't know if the detective survives, but pretty much the detective's gone. He finds out it's the brother. After all he was searching, the brother's the one who was in charge of the game. Which leads us to episode 9. One lucky day. The final game is the what the whole series is titled called the Squid Game. Which is like this thing where it's like a giant panel. It looks like a squid. And one person is, it's almost like a game of tag almost. But you can do whatever you want to get to the one end of the, of the path to the other. But this center are giving weapons. Each have a knife. And it's a big fight in the rain. It was one of my favorite scenes because it was like, you see the anguish these guys went through. Like, the 456 players down to the final two. You know, they're tired. They're hurt. They're, they got pushed to the breaking point. They just want to get this over with. Um, And, you know, game was almost winning to the point where he wants to complete, but doesn't want to complete the game. He ends up Telling someone, hey, let's invoke the clause. We're the only majority left that he wants to cancel the game and go back home. So that way he and Sang Woo could survive. But of course, Sang Woo, he has the cops on him. He probably disappointed his mom. He remembers if he goes back, he'll be end up in prison. His mom will be disappointed. So Sangwoo decides to kill himself and tells his, his, his Gihun to use the money to save his mom. Help his mom. So he ends up winning. Um, they have given prize money. Then he ends up um, he ends up having a short conversation with the front man. How how you treat people like this? You treat them like like horses, basically. It's almost like a horse race. He's so pissed off. So he gets more answers. He has to get knocked out. He wakes up. Finds out he has the he has he calls up the card and the card has all the money in there. 
Problem is, he gets home, finds out his mom didn't make it. His mom passed away. So a year later, you know, he, you know, a year later, he's still like PTSD, still traumatized. Doesn't even use the money. He hasn't even touched his prize money. He's just, you know, he lost his mom, lost his childhood friend. He's been through hell with these games. And he receives a game invitation card. And he finds out the old guy who was player one is still alive by his diverse fate tumor. And find out the old man who was, you know, I was so sympathetic for, finds out he did not die at the Marvel game. Because remember, the camera kind of like panel back and you hear the shot, but you don't know if he got killed. Because you can't show it. They show when he get killed, but they don't show it. He finds out that the old man was the mastermind of the whole games. Which he made, according to this person, was he created it to entertain the board, ultra right lich like himself, while testing if humanity had any goodness left in it. He reminds me that despite lying the players to leave, many return willingly. That specific games are based on the novel's childhood, and I purchased name himself for nostalgia's sake. And then he talks, he's like, he sees an unconscious laying on the street corner, and I ask Gihon to be if someone could come help him for a minute. Of course, you know, Gihon hopefully wins, and the Vihito passes away before he gets more answers. The old man passes away. So, so pretty much Gihon ends up fulfilling his promises to Sanbiok and Sanwu. He ends up like getting um Shaya's brother out of the orphanage. And runs into Sanwu's mom and decides to drop the kid off with the mom. With um Sanwu's mom. He ends up giving him his briefcase. Which that would be the kids' clothes, and she's like, "Let's take a kids in the She opens it. It's basically the prize, like half of the prize money from the game. He ends up giving him the prize money to take care of him, basically. And he decides to go fly to the U.S. to connect with his daughter. Of course, on his way to the airport, he dyed his hair and everything. Cut his hair, dyes hair. He ends up seeing the dude, the well-dressed dude. Um. Uh, forcing another guy playing that game with the you know the, the folded card and trying to flip the, the other card over. Saying game recruiter, he tries to go after him and pretty much snatches the other player's card. And before he goes to the plane, he calls the number to know who's still running the games. Of course, the fraud man tells him, "Hey, go on the plane." So he decides to stop. And goes turns around, goes back, and pretty much fades that I guess his determination. If you do another season, to stop the games from happening again. And that is Squid Game, guys. Um, it's a great series. They have an English dub, and they have a sub. Watch the sub, but like I said, hopefully Netflix fixed it. But the weird thing about it is, I guess the phone number on the car. I guess that when you watch it again, they're kind of going to blur out the number now because apparently the number they used in the game in the in the show. It's an actual real number, and there have been people prank calling whoever owns that phone number so when Netflix decided, you know what, we're going to blur out the number now. But overall, it's enjoyable. If you answer, like, violence, thrillers, this is for you. It could work as an anime as well, but I loved it. It was great. I enjoyed the show. Though my only biggest complaint is that the subtitles did not catch up to the dialogue. 
it was a poor effort on Netflix's part. Hopefully, they do an update patch to get the because there was like times when we were talking, there's no subtitles, so I can't pick up on the language. The tone they're saying it and stuff. It's like they're saying this stuff. It's like, and then the translate and the subs can't catch up. So hopefully they'll fix it. Hopefully, if you guys see they fixed it, please let me know on Twitter if they fixed it. Um, but I'll, I'll probably watch it again in English just to see how the English dub is, to see if it's any good. But I enjoyed it. It's like, like I said, it's watching a live action anime, but it's like these games, like these games we play as kids, but take it to a next level. It's kind of like a good concept, and and the prize money, dude. It's like, dang it. Just for people, the desperation people just do for money because it shows you how money controls everything, and it tests how people's like humanity, like you know, working together. But now you gotta take out your partners. Like it, 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 it pushes you out your morale as well and how you see yourself as a person after all this whole thing. And you know, now with the front man still doing the games, like I'm looking forward to see how Gihon is gonna do this. If he's gonna get allies, he's gonna infiltrate him. So they already know who he is. They're not gonna have him go back. So he's gotta try to find a way to get back and hopefully find a way to stop the island. Now that the old man's gone, now we have to see who is still running it now. Because then you got these foreign investors as well, too. Because I want to see what these foreign investors do. And the detective Damien and the detective too. So it's like it's interesting. Like I said, hopefully I can't wait for another season. Apparently this guy took the creator took like 10 years to try to get this off the market, off like to a hitch. Said so Ephesus trying, but I gotta say I enjoyed it. So definitely check it out. It's a great game. It's airing on Netflix. So if I give my fair rating out of five stars, I'll give this one about a four out of five. I mean the pacing was great. The visual effects were amazing. That creepy doll scared me in red light, green light. And the costumes were great. Tracksuits, I wouldn't be surprised you go to a convention, you can see people dressed as that. That'll probably be the Nexus trend right now. Those costumes from Squid Game, like track suits and then the garden uniforms. Um, though my biggest gripe is the subtitles didn't catch up in the regular original language version. I, the subtitles need to be catch up. You know, I'm trying to watch the action, but at the same time, I need to find out what's going on in the story. And you don't have the captions catching up. It's kind of like you're losing the translation. So I don't know how the dub is. I might have to go back and watch the English dub of it. But I enjoyed it. Definitely recommend you guys checking it out. So let me know what you guys think of Squid Game. Let me know on Twitter at Pop Talking, all one word. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkingpop. We do links to the episodes on there. You can check out our backlog episodes on Anchor, our main platform, also on Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, and any other podcast platforms. Make sure... Check out our merch store as well. Support the podcast. If you guys have any ideas, tweet us. Tweet us on Pop Talking. Use the hashtag franchise or hashtag talk pop. Follow me on Twitch. And hopefully next week we'll come back. We'll have Beat go back again. And we'll talk about more pop culture stuff. As long as stuff's happening in pop culture, we'll be there to talk about it. So that's it for this week. As always, geek on. Take care. We'll see you guys again next week. Thank you.